The LifeSpring family of podcasts is brought to you in part by AMD Live. AMD Live brings digital entertainment to life. LifeSpring number 137, The Unforgivable Sin. Oh, sounds heavy. How you doing? What's going on? <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah, well, um, I'm going to be answering a question that came as a result of last week's show. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. In addition to that, we're going to have, uh, well, a real kind of a fun thing at the end of the show. Some very unique and entertaining approaches to analogies. I think you're really going to enjoy them. But yeah, we're going to talk about the unforgivable sin today. The unforgivable sin. Is there such a thing? What is it? Have you done it? Something to think about. Lots of stuff going on in my life lately. That's why the show's a day or two late here. We're going to be talking about that at the end of the show as well. But before we get to the show, just want to remind you about AMD Live. Do you ever need to send really big files through them big internet tubes? <laughs> you know, most email programs won't let you do that. Well, with AMD Live's digital courier, you can send up to 750 megs for free. That's an entire CD. Check it out from the link on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. So let's get started. Shall we? It's good to see you here today. It really is. Thanks for being here. Jimmy Bradshaw. This song actually relates to uh, a call that I got earlier this week. So listen up. Thank you. 
whenever it's time to go We can take my car Here's the keys We can take my car I'll be gone like a cool breeze Take my car The old lady if you drive Drive, drive Oh, you gotta drive Drive, drive Drive, drive, drive Come on and drive Drive, drive Drive my blues away Take me to a sunshine That's some good stuff. Well, I got a, uh, a phone comment this week from Kevin. And uh, so take a listen. Hey, Steve. Kevin in Sacramento. Hey, Kevin. Born again bus drivers. Born again bus driver. That's right. Well, come on. You know what we got to do? Kevin is the one who calls in more than anybody, at least uh, recently. And so I think it's time that Kevin have his, yes, his, his own jingle. Let's go. Bus driving, Kevin. All right, Kevin, what's up? Hey, Steve. Kevin in Sacramento, Morning Again Bus Drivers. Hello. Just listen to, was it 136? Live stream 136? Yes, it was. About frequently asked questions. A couple comments. Okay. The UFO thing, I too am a believer in UFOs. Okay. But I don't think I necessarily believe along your lines, although well, your, right. your theory was definitely very interesting. Okay. But uh, I think they may in fact be from another world and may in fact be fallen creatures mm-hmm. and that uh this might be going out on a limb but jesus may have died for them on their particular planet you know mm. so there's redeemed uh redeemed aliens and non-redeemed okay and perhaps all that weird uh experimentation stuff that's not so cool i don't know maybe they uh maybe they have uh arguments about that on their home planet <laughs> well uh other comment was the uh suicide issue uh, I'm in full agreement with you on that. Uh, my father, he he, he self-terminated, Ooh. and um, you know it's. Um, I used to think that too, the unforgivable sin, but it it, it, it mm-hmm. isn't. Nope. And as a matter of fact, uh, just a few days prior to his death, he did in fact cry out and, and receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's good. And um, the. Uh, the funeral was so incredibly spirit-filled. Mm. He wasn't a great Christian all of his life. Uh, mm. Very nominal, actually. I don't, I don't even know if he was a Christian. Surely he grew up in an Assemblies of God family, so I think he probably got saved as a young person. But you know, he, he lived the you know anti-God life. Mm. But here it is. Uh, he has a nervous breakdown, and, and a couple of weeks into that, he has led to the Lord, mm-hmm. and uh, he cried out to God, and he was actually praying. He was actually reading his. Bible a little bit, and then it was a few days after that that he uh, that he committed suicide. Wow! And again, the funeral was was very special, very spirit filled, and it just, people left there going, "God was definitely involved in the situation." Mm. So, thought I would share that with you, and uh, take care. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Well, so what do you think? What do you think about it? What he said? What What do you think about the possibility of there being? Uh, beings on other planets that uh, Jesus went and died there for them as well. What do you think about that? What does Scripture say about that? I'd like to get your input on that. And uh, anything else that you have on your mind? 206-350-CALL. See you later, Kevin.
<laughs> there he goes. That's Kevin. Uh, well, we'll have to work on that, won't we? <laughs> Yeah, so that's what Kevin had to say about last week. See, last week I answered several frequently asked questions, if you weren't here. And in the process of answering the question of suicide, I said this. The Bible says that there is only one unforgivable sin, and suicide is not that sin. That sin is called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, because of time, we're not going to address that one on the show today. If you have an interest in that one, let me know. And uh, someone did. Last week, I got several responses from you guys, and this email from Dana was typical. He says, Hello there, Steve. I was just about to go to bed, but I remembered that I had been meaning to ask you if you could continue your talk from the FAQ Lifespring you did. You mentioned blasphemy being considered the one inexcusable sin, but couldn't go into it due to time constraints. I was really interested in what you think about that. Well, thank you, Dana, and everybody else who expressed interest in further discussion on this topic. So what about you? Have you wondered whether or not you have committed this sin? Or maybe you've never even heard of it. Well, let's take a look at what the Bible says about it and where we got the phrase and why we say it is the unpardonable or the unforgivable sin. It's from Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 27. And I'm going to read that to you. And it goes like this. Then a demon-possessed man who was both blind and unable to talk was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both see and speak. The crowd was amazed. Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah, they wondered out loud? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom at war with itself is doomed. A city or a home divided against itself is doomed. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by the prince of demons, what about your own followers? They cast out demons too, so they will judge you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Let me illustrate this. You can't enter a strong man's house and rob him without first tying him up. Only then can his house be robbed. Anyone who isn't helping me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Every sin or blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which can never be forgiven. Anyone who blasphemes against me, the Son of Man, can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. A tree is identified by its fruit. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes... How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good words from a good heart, and an evil person produces evil words from an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word you speak. The words you say now reflect your fate then. Either you will be justified by them, or you will be condemned. Okay, so what happened here? Well, in the beginning of this section of Scripture, we see that Jesus healed a man who was blind and mute. Then the Pharisees, or the religious scholars, said that the reason Jesus could do that is because his power was from Satan. Jesus told them that a house or a kingdom that works against itself is doomed, and that you can't steal from a house unless you first tie up the owner. He goes on to say that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, 
And the final paragraph brings the focus back to the Pharisees when Jesus calls them a brood of snakes and that their words reveal the condition of their heart and their fate when they stand before God on the day of judgment. So from the context, it seems clear that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is saying that Jesus did his miracles by the power of Satan. The question is, why is that so serious? Well, let's take a closer look. I'm not going to reread the scripture, but if you notice, the Pharisees didn't actually say anything against the Holy Spirit. What they were actually doing was speaking against Jesus. The Pharisees knew that the crowds were seeing Jesus do all these miracles, and they did not want these people to follow him. So they were attempting to discredit him. They couldn't deny the miracles because everyone saw them, and they knew the people who had their lives changed. They couldn't deny that they were happening. They couldn't acknowledge that he did the miracles by the power of God because then they would have to admit that Jesus was from God and they would have to admit their own mistakes. So the only thing left for them to say was that his miracles were done by the power of Satan. So then what happened here? Boiling it all down, here's what happened. When the Pharisees were confronted with the overwhelming evidence of the power of God in the life of Jesus, they denied that power. And that power was from the Holy Spirit. Did you notice the part where Jesus said that you could blaspheme him and be forgiven, but with blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, you will never be forgiven? Why is it okay to do that in regards to Jesus? Well, here's why. Because a person can deny Jesus, then come to see the error of his ways, acknowledge him, and then receive forgiveness. How do we know that? Well, there's a great example of this in the New Testament. Seems there was a guy who was actually a part of this Jewish religious establishment. He was a religious scholar who actually went around denying Jesus, persecuting believers, and he even held the coats of those who killed the first Christian martyr, Stephen. The guy's name was Saul. He was proud of all the trouble he gave the early Christians, but then one day he had an encounter that changed his life. He met the resurrected Jesus when he was on his way to a town called Damascus. He went on to become one of the founders of the early first century church, and he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. And today we know him as the Apostle Paul. So being against Jesus can be forgiven, as long as you come to the place where you accept him. So why is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit not forgivable? Well, actually, that is a trick question. So often, things from Scripture get misquoted and they often become a part of our culture. That's what happened here. Let's see what it was that Jesus actually said. He said, to quote him, But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Did you catch it? Did he say can never be forgiven? No. He said will never be. What's the difference? Why? Well, because it is the Holy Spirit who draws us to Jesus, who brings us to the point of faith where we embrace him as our Savior. If you deny the Holy Spirit, you will never get to that point. You want proof? Well, good. You should always ask for scriptural support. So here it is. Jesus was telling his disciples about his soon departure in this particular place. This was in John chapter 16. So he was telling him about a soon departure, but he promised that the Father would send the Holy Spirit to be with them after he, Jesus, leaves. And this is what he said. He said, And when he comes, meaning the Holy Spirit, he will convince the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So it is the Holy Spirit who convinces us of our need for Jesus. If you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you won't come to Christ. Therefore, you won't be forgiven. And taking it another step, if you are truly in denial of the Holy Spirit, if you continue to reject Him, you will have rejected the very one who can bring you to turn from sin. So you won't even be concerned about it anyway. 
You won't even have the awareness that there's a problem. Someone put it this way, quote, When we are truly sorry for our sin and desire to be forgiven by God, we are repenting. However we get to a place where we are repenting, our repentance is in itself an evidence of the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is not an evidence of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The test is not, are you sinning and feeling rejected by God? The test is whether you want to be forgiven. If you commit an unpardonable sin, you have utterly and completely rejected the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and you don't care about it. You will have a complete disdain and revulsion of the things of the gospel. If you are worried that you are beyond God's grace, if you fear God's judgment, if you desire to be saved, the Holy Spirit is still working in you, and you cannot have utterly and completely rejected God or have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Unquote. So to sum it up, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the sin that will not be forgiven. It won't be forgiven because the one who commits it will never ask for forgiveness. So if you're wondering and worried about whether you have ever committed the sin, don't worry, you haven't. You wouldn't worry about it if you had. Bailey with Fill My Mind With You. Yeah, so if you have another question that you'd like to ask me, please send it to steve.lifespring at gmail.com or better yet, phone it in at 206-350-CALL. 
Well, how about we switch gears now? This is a list of the worst analogies ever written in a high school essay. I saw this list this week and it cracked me up. Thought I'd share it with you. Some analogies sort of have a rhythm to them, right? Some of them, well, don't. Listen to this one. The little boat gently drifted across the pond, exactly the way a bowling ball wouldn't. (laughs) And I'm not so sure this next one belongs on the list at all. Analogies are supposed to be descriptive, right? Listen. McBride fell 12 stories, hitting the pavement like a hefty bag filled with vegetable soup. Oh, man. Yeah, that's pretty descriptive. One thing about analogies I find is that there has to be some sort of balance between the items being described. Listen to this. From the attic came an unearthly howl. The whole scene had an eerie, surreal quality, like when you're on vacation in another city and Jeopardy comes on at 7 p.m. instead of 7.30. (laughs) Usually, analogies bring a new context to the subject. Her eyes were like two brown circles with big black dots in the center. (laughs) Well, where's the new context there? To come up with a new analogy, it really helps to have a way with words. Listen to this one. Her vocabulary was as bad as, like, whatever. Some of these make you wonder about the writer's life experience. This one really makes you worried for the writer. The hailstones leaped from the pavement, just like maggots when you fry them in hot grease. (laughs) See if you can relate to this one. Her date was pleasant enough, but she knew that if her life was a movie... This guy would be buried in the credits as something like the second tall man. (laughs) And you can tell this one is a student. Long separated by cruel fate, the star-crossed lovers raced across the grassy field toward each other like two freight trains, one having left Cleveland at 6.36 p.m. traveling at 55 miles per hour, the other from Topeka at 4.19 p.m. at the speed of 35 miles per hour. And as you probably have noticed, I make it a policy to stay away from politics on the LifeSpring show, but I'm going to make an exception for this next analogy. The politician was gone unnoticed, like the period after the doctor on a Dr. Pepper can. (laughs) Sometimes you go, what? Listen, John and Mary had never met. They were like two hummingbirds who had also never met. What? I got those from the website called ComedyCorner.org. All right, so let's talk about what's gone on in my life over the last couple of days. Well, of course, we had Memorial Day. How was yours? Took a bunch of pictures on Memorial Day. You can check them out on my Flickr page. Just go to LifespringPodcast.com. Over in the right-hand side sidebar, you'll see a, a link to my Flickr page. While you're there looking at the Flickr, one thing that I did um, as I was preparing the show, actually yesterday I think it was, I was on Twitter, and C.C. Chapman put a note on there that uh, he had a, a desk with three computers on it. And he said, this is just too much, or something like that. So I took a picture of my desk and put it up there on Flickr, and I've got four monitors on my desk and three computers. Yeah pretty bad. He's got three monitors, I've got four. So nanny nanny nan on, on C.C. Chapman. <laughs> but check him out. Check out the Flickr page. Yesterday I got uh, Timothy's show, The Weekly Dose Up. That took up part of my day. 
I also got the reading schedule for the LifeSpring Family Bible. And if you are not participating in the LifeSpring Family Bible, might I encourage you to do that? Um, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And uh, so I, I put every week up, uh, I try to do it on Monday, but sometimes it's not until like Tuesday that I put the reading schedule up. So if you want to read along with me or get ahead or whatever, it's there. But uh, yeah, we're reading through the Bible in a year and uh, it's really, we're, lots and lots and lots of uh, people are, are listening to that. And if you haven't made that a part of your life yet, I encourage you to do that. Um, Tim is in the choir at his school. He goes to a public school and uh, they had a, their spring concert and we went to that and that was really a lot of fun. He's in, um, I guess they call it middle school now. Back when I was a kid, they called it junior high. But his junior high school choir director is absolutely incredible. She's been at it for like 30 or so years and her junior high school, her middle school uh, goes to competitions throughout the year. And she doesn't compete with other middle schools. No, they compete against high schools. And the last one they went to, they won their division. So, uh, yeah, they're really very, very good. And so it was fun to do. The thing that really took my time last week, and the reason why some shows have been late, was um, I did a DVD for my church, which is, of course, is called LifeSpring. That took 80 hours last week. It was good to get that over with. But what I think I'm going to do is um, put that out as a podcast. So um, if you see that coming, if you're subscribed to the All Shows feed, uh, you'll be getting that. And uh, I'll put that up probably the next day or two. Uh, It just shows my church and kind of what's going on around there. And I figured, you know, if I'm going to go to all that work, I might as well put it out as a podcast as well. It's mainly for visitors who uh, first come to the church for the first time, or we're going to hand it out to people in the area, in in the neighborhood. But I uh, thought you might be interested in seeing what the church looks like. And speaking of what the church looks like, I have, oh, the last two or three weeks, I have um, streamed the our Sunday morning services over, well, I did it on Ustream. Ustream wasn't working for me, though, last week, so I tried a new one, Stick'em. And uh, so... It, people are, are enjoying that. We've had a couple of uh, viewers without really any uh, promotion. And so I'm going to start promoting it right now. If you uh, would be at all interested in uh, seeing what um, one of our services looks like at the LifeSpring Church in Riverside, California, which is about 40 or 50 or 60 miles east of uh, L.A., our services are at 1030 Pacific Time in the morning on Sundays. Um, what you need to do is go to lifespringpodcast.com, click on the Lifespring Sunday icon, scroll to the near the bottom on the right-hand side, you'll see a link for lifespring.tv. And you can tune in and join us for church. How's that sound? So that's what's been going on in the life of Steve lately. I think that's uh, that's just about the end. Well, so by now you know what Jesus said. He said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Life springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
I look forward to seeing you next time. Join us for the Bible show. I think you'll like it. Don't forget you can email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or call in those uh, questions to 206-350-CALL, 206-350-CALL. Thanks again for joining me today. God bless you. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. 